Chin check time, that's the time baby boy And it is Monday, so we are kicking off with the recaps baby And we've got a few things for you We've got Bellator 248 We've got Fight Island 5 And we've got our NFL predictions, alright So um, people, that's how we do so sit back, relax, and let's get it popping off. Well, week five. Oh man, we had some fun ass games, right? We had some fun ass games. I have to say, the Jaguars Texans game was so damn sloppy. So damn sloppy. You know, some we saw some great plays that were then thrown away practically the next play. It was insane. You know, I mean, Texans, yeah, they did look the better team. Only just, though. Only just. Oh, my days. Right? Um, man. Falcons... Man, that, you know what I mean? Early score, but then Ridgewater took over. Oh my gosh, Ridgewater is. Ah, I'd forgotten all about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Him. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh man, surprisingly, it was still close, right? You have to say that, but that red zone interception in the fourth. Woo! Definitely sealed the shit. Definitely sealed the shit. Um. Oh, what can you say about? Oh my days! The Ravens fucked up the Bengals. Oh my god! They messed them up. The quarterback must be having flashbacks. He must, ah, uh, PTSD, you know what I mean? Because that was, oh, relentless pressure. Oh, my days, that was brutal. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, who saw the Raiders coming, right? How crazy was that, Vegas? Stand up, son. Damn. You're right, I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought it was going to be a close game. 
But I just thought the Chiefs were going to do the thing. I mean, Malcolm, though. Man, he's... His accuracy is insane. It just... Damn, he is good. You can see why he got that contract. But, yo, hats off to the goddamn Raiders. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so Arizona, New York. <laughs> you mean, as I say, Cardinals started slightly, you know what I mean? They started well. They slightly stumbled, but then they just took over, right? You know, there was a moment you think, oh, have they let the Jets back in? And then it is like, nah. Only fucking around. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> oh my days. I mean, I have to say though, right? It 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 was it was just ugh sloppy. You know what I mean sloppy with the fumble touchdown. You 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 mean you're just like what are you doing there? What is happening? Oh, crazy, crazy! Now, I mean, come on, people, Steelers, those goddamn Steelers! I was just glad they beat the Eagles. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I was just glad they beat the Eagles. You know what I mean? I, they, I mean, the Eagles—they nearly. They nearly got back in that shit, you know, but, oh, the interceptions, the interceptions, someone needs to, um, you know what I mean, someone needs to pat fucking Claypool on the back, what a goddamn game that motherfucker had, right, that was some game, was it, four touchdowns, damn, son, impressed like a motherfucker, yeah, that was all good. That was all good. Hey, <sighs> Washington. What the fuck is happening there? I mean, can someone tell me? Can someone tell me what the fuck is happening at Washington? Like, our defense is just horrible. It's a horrible defense. No one can tackle. And I just don't see any improvements. Like week after week, we're we're rubbish. And you just can never see oh well at least that's getting better. Yo, you can't say that. I what are they doing? What the fuck are they doing? Ugh. Damn it. Damn it. Oh, man. How about those dolphins, though, right? How about those dolphins? They don't need to be in the water to fuck you up. Woo! (laughs) I mean, the 49ers, they did have some plays. They did have some plays. But Miami just killed it. They really did. (laughs) I, I, I thought they might get to 50. I thought they might get to 50. 
But well, you're in, you score 43 points. You you can't be mad at that. Can't be mad at that. Oh man. And um, it's just cheese. Cowboys Giants. That was some crazy ass shit. Crazy ass shit. But I have to say. Those t- first two Giants scores, you were just like, wait, what the fuck just, how did that happen? How did that happen? You know, and, 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 and to say, especially the second one, you were just like, how do you let someone break through that many tackles? There were that many bodies around him and you still let that motherfucker in? What? <laughs> but you know So many times I have to say Dallas could have pulled away In that game But just fucked up Let the, let the Giants back in But Yo Everyone that watched that shit got their money's worth Cause that Oh man That yeah That was some crazy shit That was some crazy shit Right but, damn, son, the Browns and the Colts, they put the barn in the burn, right? That shit was for ya. <laughs> Fun as hell, man. As I say, Mayfield has got an arm on him. He really does. Oh, man, but... Him and Rivers, they really coughed it up a bit, man. They really coughed it up a bit. You're just like, <laughs> too many interceptions, people. <laughs> what are you doing? And, oh, I have to say, that that run back, that return from the Colts. Oh, shit, that was a good run back. That was a good run back. You know what I mean? But, um, yo... Gotta love that Browns field goal at the end. Showing you like, but is it going in? Is it going in? It's going wide. And then just bounces off the uh yeah, the upright and goes in. You're just like, ah Yeah. Okay. That's a fun way to fucking finish that shit. Oh man. But I have to, you know. Seahawks Vikings. What was that? Oh my day. Like Seattle gone. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. All um like it was I think if they hadn't of got that reverse call. You know, that reverse call from a, you know, a downed pass to a fumble. That shit might have been completely different. You know what I mean? Their game just turned around at that point. Because then they had the interception straight after. But, yo, it was all about that. They did deserve to lose, though. Because those kits... Are some of the worst fucking kits. That 
is just a sacrilege. Walking on the field in that fucking green. What are you doing? Ugh. God damn it, Seattle. But, um, yeah. Some fun shit. Some fun shit. We'll definitely try and, um, you know, catch the Monday and Tuesday games. We'll see how it goes. But um, both look good. Right? Both look good. So we will see, people. We will see. Fun week. Okay, so it seems that Bellator have got a deal with BBC, which is, yeah, it will make it easier to see the fights. Um, they had. Well, it was weird because they only seem to have the main event of Bellator 248 on iPlayer. Well, when I tuned in, maybe they've put more on it now. But, um, you know, it was fine. Because that was a fight I wanted to see. And, Matt, with all the talk, it was a very tentative start. A tentative start, like, I think, you know, Paige is doing his taunting thing. But, you know, Houston wasn't going to be rushing in, right? Um, now, Paige landed a few strikes, but they're just single shots. It's nothing, you know, Houston threw some kicks. And then he got a takedown, right? He got a takedown probably, I don't know, maybe halfway through the round and just controlled, controlled. Controlled MVP He wasn't throwing any shots He wasn't really doing any ground and pound And it didn't really even seem that he was trying to Find a position for a sub But he controlled the fight there Now I think the concerning thing was the fact that Paige just didn't seem to know how to get up Wasn't Yeah, he just couldn't get up and, like, look, Paul Daly did it to him. So you'd have thought he'd be working on that side of things. Uh, maybe it was an off night. Who knows? But, yeah, he was controlled for the first round on the ground. Um, second round, Page comes out a bit more tentatively. Right? His hands are completely ranged. He's not really doing any of the taunting and any of that kind of business. Now, I think the thing is, so Houston was just like, okay, I got him down, controlled him, let me try it again. So he tries to get a takedown, and Paige just throws him, throws him off. Like, you know, he's on the ground, and Paige jumps in to land some hammer fists. He hits him on the back of the head, and it was a kind of an odd one, because everyone's just like, oh, it's an accident. But the problem about it was He's controlling him Throwing the punches And Houston, his head Is facing, he's facing down He's clearly facing down He's not really moving So the whole, oh he was aiming for the side No, because he went just straight down Like now Look, I'm not saying it was Vicious Maybe he just forgot, but it was just Yeah it, he wasn't aiming for the side of the head. It was odd. It was an odd one. So the ref stands him up. But now Paige, he's confident. Because he easily, you know, stuffed that takedown. 
And so um, the rest of the round, he's back to his taunting. He's throwing shots. But again, they're only single shots, right? Only single shots. Um, I mean, he gets off maybe one, two combos, but nothing of crazy substance. So we go into the third round. Houston, you know, he tries for another takedown. Easily stuffed. Right, any takedown, you know, attempt Houston now tries, he's just getting stuffed. He's not able to land anything, and Paige is just picking him off at will. Like, it, it's, look, it's a workman performance, you know, it's a comfortable performance, it's a safe performance. And I, I look, there was times when Paige could have taken the back. Right, could have taken a back rear naked choke. He just didn't. And so I kind of feel there's stuff that Paige needs to work on. Because look, the you know the subs were just there. There were clear opportunities for a submission. Finish. You know, finish within the distance, boom. Because he was disappointed at the end of the fight. Which was good because it wasn't a great performance. But you just think there was plenty of opportunities for you to try something. But you didn't. So you work in a jiu-jitsu. What's going on? And I think he just needs to be throwing more shots. Like the flash. I have no problem with the taunt in and the flash. That's fine. But look. You know. That he he could have probably taken Houston out, right? After the first round, I think it was clear that, you know, MVP was the better, you know, fighter. But he just didn't, he lacked, it was kind of, I don't know, the confidence. I don't know. I don't know. It, it was a strange situation. But yeah, you kind of think there's certain things he needs to work on. Because if he's, you know, all the talk about wanting to chase Lima for a rematch. Unless he works on these things, he won't win that rematch. You know, so we need to see him throw more. We need to see him be able to get up off the bottom. We need to see him, you know, at least be able to... Look, you don't have to be the best jiu-jitsu, you know, competitor. But... If there is a rear naked there, at least have the capability to take it. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how things move forward from here, you know? Okay, people, we are done. Man. (laughs) Oh, shit. You know what I'm saying, people? UFC on ESPN plus 37 Marais v Sanhagen was lit. This card was incredible. 13 fights. 13 fights. Six finishes. Four in the first round, two in the second. It was crazy. And then it's not like the other fights were boring. You know what I mean? Like, everything else was pretty fast-paced. I mean, there was only one kind of slowish fight. Everything else, man. Everything else was kind of some frantic craziness. 
Man, some people really, really put a mark on. They really did. It was great. So we started off with a flyweight clash between Tagir Ulanbekov and Bruno Silva. So the way this started, man, like I'd say probably in the first round, um, Ulanbekov didn't really have his range. You know, landed some kicks. But Silver was Silver was landing some good shots. Silver was mixing it up, kicks, shots. He, um, you know, he got himself a uh, a takedown. You know, didn't really do anything with the takedown though. But then after that point, Ulambekov kind of was. Able to get a little bit more done. He got his own takedown. And he landed some shots. Right? He was able to land some... Uh, not a load of ground and pound. But he did get some off before uh, Silver was able to get up. But yeah, it, it was a, a lot of countering after that point, And then the round was over. Now, come the second round... Things completely changed. Ulambekov... He now he's got his range, and he was able to hit like uh, I think two takedowns, right? Able to hit two takedowns. He got some good shots off in the first, um, in the second, like Silver was up kind of straight away, really. He did take Silver's back at one point, but slipped off. Silver got off um, maybe a couple of shots, but that was it. And Silver got his own takedown, but it it was a straight up situation for Ulanbekov. So going into the third, I would say it was one all, right? And the third round was um, yeah, it was toe to toe. It was toe to toe. It was craziness. Um. I think Ulanbekov, you know, he was using his jab really well. Like Santos, you know, Silva, he um he was still hitting some good counters. He did a he was able to use the momentum from an Ulanbekov takedown to roll it and get top position, but he couldn't hold it. Right, couldn't hold it. Ulanbekov, when they're standing, he landed some really good knees up the middle. It was close. It was crazy close. And at the end, they were just throwing. You know, so, um, yeah, when it came to a decision, Ulanbekov did get the nod. He got a unanimous decision win. I, I kind of think he probably did... Do just Just enough for that It was hard fought as hell Hard fought as hell I wouldn't have been surprised if it was going to be a split But yeah I think when you're looking at it Ulanbekov won the fight Um, So that takes us to our next fight It was a women's bantamweight clash Between Tracy Cortez And a UFC deputant 
Stephanie Egger. This fight was pretty one-sided. And look, that's not, you know, to discredit Egger. But I think Cordes just showed her experience. She just showed her the experience. Because when you look at it, you know, Cortez was 7-1 and one coming into this fight. Egger was 5-1. and one. So, you know. I, and then you also look at it at the levels at the, which they fought in. And you kind of have to think that Cortez has fought at the higher level. And that's what she showed. You know, like, I think Egger... You know, on paper it looked like you know she might have the edge in jujitsu, but no. You know, Cortez was able to neutralize anything she did, and just control her on the ground. Right? She um put her down. Uh, I think, oosh, in the first and the third round. Maybe she did in the second. I forget, but definitely in the first and the third. With strike, with you know, with a jab, even solid jab, Edgar goes down, and um, yeah, Cortez just controlled it, controlled it on the ground a couple of times. Edgar was able to get a takedown, but Cortez just reversed the situation, reversed it. Cortez, um, Edgar threw up like an armbar. Edgar, like Cortez, just escaped straight away. And then implemented her game. It was just Cortez at every point. There was no point in the fight that you thought that Edgar had any dominance. You know, so um, yeah, it was a a really good, solid performance from Cortez. You know, she really, I think, just solidified her skill set and what she can do, and just you know. Let the division see, right? Because that's the big thing. It's letting the division see, be like, yo, I'm still here, kids. I'm still ready to pop, right? So that was that. So from there, we go into the men's um, featherweight division. And we had Omar Morales against Jiga Kadezi. So on paper, this looks like it was going to be Cadiz's toughest challenge Because Morales, you know, real good on the ground Right, so you're thinking, okay, if he gets Chigazi down, what can he do? You know, can he fight off to submission attempts? Can he get back up? So the first round, it, you know, it started off very close you got Morales pushing forward um, Looking to get in Looking to take him down But the thing was Chigazi showed Great takedown defense And he was just Working the body Really just punishing The body On top of kicks They both were exchanging kicks and everything like that But yeah, Cadezi was really he was doing some really good work, fighting off all the attempts, landing his own kicks, and just putting work on Morales' body. So come the second round, Chigazi is just, now he's just, well, cruise control. He is super confident, you know what I mean? 
He's landing shots. He's cool. Now, does get a little complacent and Morales gets a takedown. But Chigazi is up right away. You know what I mean? Like, we, so we get that question answered. So, we, we, you know, we saw he could stop the takedowns. So he can now get up. You're just like, oh, okay. And you did see Morales getting tired. Right, all of these, all of the work trying to get Cadizzi down just wasn't working. So, yeah, that had worn out Morales. Right, that was a big thing. And, um, you know, Cadizzi is now, he's hitting hooks, body kicks. He's just working Morales over. So, coming into the third round, I think. Morales kind of realizes he's down too. His corner's telling him he's down too. He needs something. So he's pushing forward. You know, he lands some jabs, but Cadizzi, you know, he's just doing his thing. Body kicks, all of that. He lands a big, big right, which puts Morales down. I have to say, Morales, you know, he did a good job surviving. Because Chigazi, you know, he followed it up with ground and pound, everything. But yeah, Morales was able to survive. Which, yeah, got to give him credit. But this fight, it, it was a clear Chigazi win. You know, he wasn't able to get the stoppage. But yeah, it was a clear Chigazi win. So now we drop down to the bantamweight division and we got Ali Alquazi against Tony Kelly. And yo, this fight, man, it was it was a fast-paced fight. You know, very back and forth. Like um Kelly came out, took center straight away, but um Alquazi was able to get a really nice takedown. Now Kelly was just comfortable on the ground. You know, he tried for a couple of triangles. Alquazi was able to survive, you know, survive, avoid them. He um, locks up a guillotine, right? Locks up a guillotine. And, um, yeah, he, he's doing, yeah, he's doing good work, right? He's doing good work. Gets body lock, everything like that. But Kelly's able to survive Kelly's able to survive And you wonder What did that do to Alquazi's arms Right, Alquazi um, He gets a takedown Again, Kelly is attacking And, yo This time, he, you know, he gets a neck crank He then goes with an arm bar Right, goes with an arm bar and you just are aghast because the way Alquazi's arm is getting bent, oh, it just seems inhuman. You know, the buzzer saves him, but yeah, he just wasn't wasn't looking to tap, and you're just like, God damn, what the fuck just happened? What the fuck just happened? And I kind of think that might have won Kelly the first round. Because that was the most significant amount of danger either had been in. So we have that. 
Going into the second round, you know, Kelly's pushing forward. He's like, you know, they're exchanging kicks. Kelly's working the calf. Alquazi tries for a clinch, but he can't hold it. And Kelly hits an elbow. Hits a huge elbow that stuns Alquazi. You know, um, he goes down. Kelly's on top with ground and pound. Alquazi's able to survive, though, which is just like, how the hell? So they scramble up. Alquazi gets a, a, a body lock takedown, gets off your own few shots just before the round ends. But still in that round, you kind of feel that Kelly's the dominant one. He did the most damage. So coming into the third, Alquazi gets an early takedown. But Kelly is straight up. Kelly stuns Alquazi again, this time with a head kick. Gets on the, you know, gets him to the ground. He lands in ground a pound, tries for a guillotine, a das. But Alquazi is just tough, able to survive. Able to survive. It is crazy. Yo, they are exchanging a lot. But, yeah, Kelly, you know, he's just outworking him, landing the better shots as the round comes to an end. So, you know, it was a clear win for Kelly, but a really good performance still from Alquazi. You know, the fact that he was able to survive some of those situations, it was, yeah, it was insane. It was baffling. You're just like, what? Um, So from there we go to the middleweight Go to the middleweight division And we've got Impa Kasanganai Against Joaquin Buckley Now Impa Not, you know, just He's only just turned pro, right? Uh, Not that many fights But, you know he had a good, two good performances on the Contender Series. Got to UFC. Great performance. And Buckley, you know, he was doing his thing in LFA. Came to the UFC. Lost to Kevin Holland. But, you know, there is no shame in that. He also took the fight on short notice. So it was just like, what's going to happen? Because Buckley has got more experience than... Uh, Kasanganai, right? So, I think in the first round, right, they come out hot. Buckley just, he bum rushes Kasanganai. Really, you know, in trying to take him out. Trying to take him out. Man, he lands some big shots, but yeah, Kasanganai, he's, he's fine, you know? Get back to the center, the, 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 you know, exchanging leg kicks. Man, Kasanganai, he gets off a good hook. But I think what we see is Buckley seems to be the faster. Seems to be the faster guy in there landing some um, big shit, right? He, um... He, you know, he's land. He's he's first to the punch, getting off some good hooks. He gets a takedown. 
you know, land some big elbows. Kasangane is able to get up, lands a good knee. But yeah, this is all Buckley. And, and all Buckley just because of the speed. Of the speed. And I think he's just seeing the situations, you know, clearer than Kasangane can. So, um, yeah, Buckley did his thing in the first. So, coming with the second round, right? Again, Buckley, he comes out hard and fast, right? But Kasang and I, I think he realizes that he, um, you know, avoids damage, lands some kicks, right? Lands some kicks, lands a nice knee. So, you're thinking, okay, Buckley's body kick, um... Now, Kasangani, he throws, yeah, he throws some, you know, he's throwing some good body kicks. He throws one body kick. Buckley catches the kick. Catches the kick, people, and spins. Spins around and lands a perfect back kick to the chin. Perfect spinning back kick to the chin. And Kasangani is like a falling fucking redwood. You just see him kind of just slow motion. Boof. Crash. Crash down. It was crazy. It really was. There's, you know, there was a, a few seconds of him just standing, and then he falls. It was just like, what did we just see? It, it, it is one of the, oh man, craziest knockouts you have ever seen, people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, with the Buckley has secured himself a bonus for the night. He was that. No one is topping that knockout. No one. <laughs> so, you know, how do you top that fight, right? Next fight, we had Chris Dorcas against Rodrigo Nascimento. And I think it's a heavyweight clash, but the crazy thing about this, I think um, Dorcas came in at something like two, I think 227. Right, and Nasamento was heavy. He was something like two sixty. So the the advantage in size is huge, but you're kind of looking at it thinking, Dorcas will have the speed, but what happens if he gets caught? What do you mean one shot? Oh, that could be problematic, right? So. You know, the fight starts, and Dorcas, he lands, a, you know, a good right, then a left hook, right, which puts, man, is it's a big left hook, and it puts Nascimento down, Nascimento crashes down, Dorcas, he jumps on top, he is landing a vicious ground and pound, now, you think that's it, right? But remarkably, Nascimento is able to get up. You're just like, huh? How the fuck did he do that? So, yeah, Nascimento is now up, 
right? But Dorcas lands another huge, huge right, and Nasamento just crashes down, and a ref jumps in. It is over. It is over. 45 seconds, people. Like, Nasamento, I think he might have landed one shot. Shane. So, yeah. Dorcas is a problem. <laughs> He's a fucking problem, people. So, uh, you know, we now drop to the middleweight division. We got Tom Breeze against KB Buller, who is making his UFC debut. And, um, yeah, you're thinking, oh, how is this going to go? Because, you know, Breeze has been out for a little while. So is there going to be any ring rust? What's going to happen here? So fight starts, right? And Breeze, he's coming out fast with the jab. You know, leg kick, Buller throws leg kick. Breeze, a left overhand and um, a right down the middle, right? The right down the middle is just quick. It's fast and Buller goes down. Buller goes down. Right? It was a jab. It's a jab down the middle, people. Breeze is on top with some dirty ground and pound. Right? It's like Buller, you know what I mean? Insult his mum or something. Referee jumps in. It is over. It is over, people. We are done. Done. So, you know, Buckley hits the incredible potential knockout of the year. And then the next two are like, fuck, we need to step up if we want a bonus. Boom, boom, boom. Both get knockouts. It's crazy. It was a crazy end to the prelims. And a perfect way, people, to lead us into the main card. Okay, people, we start the main card with a featherweight clash between Yusuf Salau and Ilya Tupora. Now, this fight, right, because we've all seen Zalao go, the Moroccan devil. But, you know, Tupora coming into this fight, he's a jiu-jitsu whiz. So, it's an interesting one. And, um... You know, Zalao starts really well. You know, he's like a high kick. Joey's doing his thing, jumping knee. But we're seeing that, you know, Trapore ain't bad on the feet. You know, he's hook. Right, lands a good hook. He's bringing the pressure. Now, Zalao hits a body kick. But Trapore gets in close and hits... An incredible suplex takedown. Suplex takedown. And it's not so much just the the takedown was badass. But from that, from this takedown, he is into mount straight away. He's hunting for guillotines, darces, you know, just so many attacks. It's crazy. It's crazy. And Zalao, he just can't get away from the smother. Right? So, we are just... 
Ooh, we are seeing the difference in um, crown skills, man. We really are. And the thing is, like, it's not like Zalao is a slouch on the ground. Zalao's okay on the ground. But there's levels to this shit, man. There are levels. Right? So we go into the second round. And, um... Again, Zalao, you know, he's coming out, he's trying to do his thing, leg kicks, right? The crazy thing is, he starts looking for the takedown, and it's just a bit like, is this the best place for you? You know what I mean? And Tapura, he's defending it, they then exchange some heavy shots, Tapura, he throws a lovely feint, Zalao bites and he gets a great takedown. Great takedown. Hunting for the guillotine. Like Zalao, he's able to eventually able to, to escape. Gets on top. Right? Trying to get the back. He slips off and he's hunting for a leg lock as the round ends. It's crazy. It's back and forth. Now we come into the third. And, you know, the corner's telling him, look, you need to stay on your feet. You need to stay on your feet. You're down two. You need a finish. And, you know, he's allowed, he's, um, you know, land some good knees. But, you know, Tapora, you know, he, he catches a knee, gets a takedown. He's hunting for subs. You know, Zalao's able to escape. He goes for a guillotine. It looked tight. It really did. But Tapora, he escapes, man. Tapora escapes. And yeah, he's just doing his thing. Right? But when they get up, they get up, there's probably a minute left. You can see Tapora is tired. But Zalao just can't land. Can't land. You know, Tapora, he's trying stuff. You know, gets a takedown. Right? And you're just like, ugh. It's not what you can do. You know, and I think the difference here is just, yeah, Tapora's ground control. You know, his gown game. Like, Zalao... He just got tied up too much, right? So I think the big takeaway from this fight for Zalao is he you know, really needs to work on the takedown defense and ways to escape the clinch because that really hurt him. You know, that really hurt him in the fight. But yeah, superb debut for Tapora. So um, we then go to our second heavyweight fight on the card. We've got Alan Badot making his UFC debut. He trains with, you know, Cyril Gann and, um, oh, the other French fighter. Yeah, but yeah, he, he's got a good camp. Um, but he was going up against Tom Aspinall. And, yo, we saw Tom Aspinall make his debut and he looked sensational. So it was just what's going to happen here. People, I will tell you what's going to happen here, right? So, yo, these cats, man, they came out fast. 
They came out fast, right? But though he was, you know, he's looking to spin. Wanted to get his spin on, right? Lands um, a back elbow, right? As Aspinall moves in. But, not, you know, Aspinall, eh, not crazy. He, he just rides it. He, um, Aspinall gets in, gets a takedown. And just... Relentless ground and pound And you can see Bindo just did not know what to do Didn't know what to do And the ref had to call it It was just like Oh shit What just happened there That was crazy You know Great win for um, Yeah Aspinall man Great win for Aspinall And another fast one Right so Next we Drop down to the middleweight division. We got Marcus Perez, and he is going against Dirkos de Plassi, who is making his UFC debut. So this fight, man, Perez, he comes out, he's pushing forward, looking to land a big shot, right? Looking to land a big shot. And um yeah, he, he, you know, hits a big body kick. Like Dupassi, um, he lands some leg kicks. He's trying to counter. Perez, he catches a kick and fires an overhand back, right? Now, Perez, he's looking, you know, he's looking mad comfortable, mad confident, right? Um... Now, Dupassi hits a right. Perez, he comes, he's pushing forward. Avoids a left. But Dupassi, man, he lands a right. A right hook. Perez goes down. Dupassi lands some more shots and it is done. And the crazy thing is, the hook... The um, you know, the pussy landed. It didn't look crazy, but it was just the twerk he got on it, right? Not a lot of pullback, and it was just that overconfidence from Perez, where he throws a shot, he misses it, he comes around, and the pussy just counters. Woof, man. It was a very good debut for uh, the Posse, for sure. You know, very good for sure. And, you know, I liked what he was saying. You know, he wasn't being silly and calling for, like, you know, the number one contender or anything like that. But he was just like, yo, I want someone in the top 20. I want someone in the top 20. I'm going to work through them, and then I'm going to pick them off, and I'm going to get in top 10. Work my way and do my thing. Boom. It's like, yeah, that makes sense, right? It's the way to do it. Because you'll get those fights. <laughs> you will get those fights. So um, that, people, led us to our last heavyweight fight on the card. We had Big Ben Rothwell against Marcin Tabora. So, uh, yeah. 
What we saw with this fight, people, was the best Tabor we have seen in a, a long ass time. Now, he was with Syndicate, and it, like he'd been in for Syndicate for like maybe two fights, but he's changed camps again. He's gone back to his original camp in Poland. And uh, yeah, we saw just a, you know, the, a performance that we've been wanting to see for a long ass time. Now, I think the big thing with this fight, so it was very fast paced to start off with. You know, Ben's coming out with flurries, he's mixing it up. But I think the big thing here is Ben's strikes a kind of. Yo, you know what I mean? The, the, he kind of wings, right? So he's coming from the sides. Which, listen, it's just common sense. That, in, you know what I mean? It lengthens the time in which the strike will land. Right? Tabor is just coming straight down the middle. So we've, we've got the fact that Tabor is straight down the middle, solid shots. And then we are seeing just... Really good movement from Tabora. You know, great head movement. It's one point when, you know, Rothwell is just throwing and Tabora is just slipping every shot. So we're seeing a, you know, elevated game from Tabora. Elevated movement. And that was the big difference here. Because... Yeah, you know, Rothwell is throwing big shots and missing. And Tabora is just countering. Landing good body shots, landing good leg kicks. And he's just wearing Ben out. Wearing him out. And continuing to work. You know, like, as I said, we haven't seen a performance like this from Tabora since he's, you know... Debut fights in the UFC That early run So it'll be interesting If he can maintain this And take it forward Because if he can Tabor is a problem people uh, You know another thing that I got completely wrong in that fight In my head Rothwell was considerably taller I I was kind of thinking that Tabora is very short. Not short as a little Latifi, but you know what I mean? But no, no, he's, he is not short. I don't know where that, you know, idea came from. But yeah, <laughs> not short. And definitely improved his game. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But now we're in our co-main event. We have got Edson Barboza against Maquan Amira Kami people. Now, this is an interesting fight, right? And I think it came down to output, right? I, I really think it came down to output. Like, it started off a little bit tentative, you know. They're both kind of looking for openings, but then Barboza is landing some good shots, some good kicks. Like Maricardi, he um he counters well, right? He hits some good counters. 
But Barboza has got really good speed. And Barboza is... He's the one attacking more. Right? He's the one more ready to come with the shots. Where I think Amirakami, he's... He's looking for the right opening. He's looking for the right opening. And he's not really throwing combinations. Right? So we're seeing, you know, he gets off some good, you know, a nice uppercut. But he then started to go to the well a bit too much with that. Right? And, um, yeah, Barboza puts him down with a stiff right at the end of the round. Right? Um, second round, and, you know, Barboza, you know, he's pushing forward, Mirakami, you know, he's, he did jab, uppercut still, still going with that, and it's working, but, you know, Barboza knows what he's doing now, and he's able to put a Mirakami down with a jumping right, um, you know, he... He, you know, you think he's going to go for a head choke or something, but he decides to bail on that. Now, he's just landing good body shots. He lands another right that puts a Mirakami down. You know, uh, Barboza attacked with a Anaconda, but a is able to escape. And then we see a Mirakami really... Put effort into the takedown Which he gets He gets and he gets off some ground a pound Before the round ends And you're kind of looking at that and go If Amirakami Really pushed for that takedown He's probably gonna Get it So why like uh, He probably should have done that earlier Right so we're into the third And Amirakami is down too So he needs something Real need something. They're exchanging some shots. Mirakami lands a jump knee. Gets him in close. And he gets a takedown. Right? So you're just like, ooh, this is exactly what he wants. You know, Mirakami gets off some elbows. But not a load of ground and hound. You know, he, he was hunting for position. But you're just like, you need to end this fight. Right? That's what you need. Ref stands them up. And Barboza, he's just, you know, landing some good shots. Good pressure. Um, And he puts Mirakami down with another right. Right? And you just think at that point, it's just like, ah, yeah, that, like this isn't. You know, this isn't going to be a Murakami's deck. He can't win this fight now. You know, and yeah, Barboza was able to close it with some good shots. You know, lands a big hook to the body just as the fight finishes. So yeah, definitely a really good performance from Barboza. But you kind of feel that Amirakani, if he had, I don't know, if he had been a bit more determined in his attacks, maybe he could have done something more. 
Because he could get Barboza down. It's just he didn't... It's like he didn't feel safe committing to it all the time. And that was the way he was going to win. You know, so you just think... Hmm, Amir Khan, if he takes away that from this And just to be a bit more active Throw combinations Right, then this would have been a worthwhile fight Right, but he just needs to take those things away Because they just seem to be the issues here But this leads us into the main event Right, Bantamweight Clash Marlon Marais against Corey Sanhagen and um, I think the interesting thing here was that I think we see Marais come out hard and fast, right? We we see him do that, and if you can survive that first round, because the onslaught he will put on you is crazy. But the thing is. I think he realises that he can gas at times. So we saw a definite, slow, more methodical Marais. But I feel that was to the detriment. Right? That was to the detriment. Because it's enabling Sanhagen to control the pace of the fight. Which he did. And Marais is swinging big shots. Big shots. But... Sanhagen, you know, he's got the height, he's moving out the way really well. So he's avoiding the big shots and anything that's coming because of the height and Sanhagen moving, he's kind of blocking it with like his shoulders or his arms. So he's avoiding the damage while coming back with his own really good leg kicks, which is crazy because, you know, you think Marais is the one with the big kicks and yes, when he throws them, you do see the difference between the kicks. But he's not throwing them as often. It's Sanhagen, you know, really bringing the pressure and controlling what is happening here. You know, that's what we see. Now, Marais, he, he tries for a spinning back fist, which does connect, but not fully flush. Right? Because Sanhagen's able to block it for the most part. Like San Hagen, he lands, he's got this sneaky uppercut, which he gets in there. You know, Marais, he hit a nice step in left, but this first round is all about San Hagen. He's landing the better shots, he's controlling it, he's pushing forward, he's dictating this goddamn fight. It's crazy, right? At the end of the round, Marais catches a body kick and gets a takedown, but it's at the buzzer, so it doesn't really... Yeah, he can't do anything with it. So the second round starts, and straight away, Sanhagen is to the centre. He's straight in to the centre. They exchange some kicks. Sanhagen fires out that jab. You know, a leg kick, body kick. Marais is trying to get inside, but he can't. He can't. He's just swinging at air. Swinging at air. Like, um, throws a right overhand. Sanhagen, he, um, hits a leg kick. Now, Marais is bouncing on the spot, right? Bouncing on the spot. Like, eh, 
Kicks ain't doing shit. What you got? Say Sanhagen hits him with a spinning heel kick. Hits Marais on the top of the head. Marais goes down. Like he folds over. Folds over and crashes down. Say Hagen jumps on top. Lands like two, three shots. And the ref jumps in. Now, the crazy thing with this is. It wasn't a fu- it wasn't like a crazy fast spinning heel kick. Right? It was it was a little slow. Like not ridiculously slow, but it wasn't crazy, crazy fast. It wasn't like Edson Barboza against Terry Etum. It wasn't that quick. So you're just like, huh. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm just how the fuck is Marais like See it coming Because it's like It's not that it was televised But as soon as he goes to it You understand what's going to happen here But Marais He's just Yeah it, it, it was very weird Now I think You know Because Marais was complaining We see him shout out But I, I don't think it was An early stoppage There's the way It's the way Marais Like Folds and crumples to the ground from the kick. So he's clearly stunned. And then he eats. He eats the shots. And, you know, you could say one of the shots woke him up. But, yeah, I would not call it an early stoppage. It was definite. But what this did, it just erased, you know what I mean, Sanhagen's last performance. He's able to put that to rest and put it to rest in a huge way. So that was it was an impressive win for Sanhagen. But, but, you know what I mean? Buckley still, I think he still has the best finish of the night. But yeah, we've definitely got, we got people competing. You know what I mean? It, like, we, de- we got those stoppages, man. It was a... Yeah, I mean, a great fight in that regard. And because of that, right, the bonuses spoke to it. Now, we didn't get a fight of the night. And, you know, we had some tough fights, right? So the first fight, Albenekov against Silva, that was a tough fight. You know, you could maybe say the Katezi Morales. But... You know, the Kelly, Alquazi, I mean, they, yeah, they were decent, but I just don't think, none of them, you know, and even the Tapora Zalau fight, none of them stood out as, like, draw, drop, like, oh my god, that is a fight of the year, like, nothing was like that, so, instead of a fight, we just got four performance of the night bonuses, and, um, yeah, Tom Breeze got one, and that makes sense, you know, Chris Dorcas got one, yeah, that makes sense, now, Sanhagen gets one for that, you know, spinning heel kick, and, of course, Buckley gets one for his, you know, spinning back kick, so, yeah, all of those, definite, definitely well-deserved, so, people, this was a fun night, a fun night, and you just think, 
How are we going to top this shit? <laughs> well, next week, people, it's Brian Ortega, Brian Ortega against a Korean zombie. And then UFC 254. So, you know, things are heating up, people. Things are goddamn heating up. Okay, people, as we draw to the close of another episode, let us take a look and see what's happening in the world of fights. Well, women's bantamweight Pani Kizad, she has just signed a new contract with the UFC. So, um, yeah, we uh, can look forward to more of her fights And supposedly there's one soon to be announced Alright Now, UFC 255 Which is coming up pretty fast, people Oren Corsi is making his debut against Nicholas Darby So, um, yeah one of the Corsi brothers. This should be interesting, people. Then we jump to January. January the 30th to uh, be, uh, you know, make a point of it. It looks like we're going to have Roxanne Modafferi against Viviana Aruga. That should be fun. You know, a few months away, but something to look forward to, people. Now that is us for today. We will be back on Wednesday to um yeah take a look at the Ortega Korean zombie card people. Looking forward to it. So um see you then. Alright, peace.